Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We're continuing our discussion with Maura Sweeney talking about leadership soft skills. And as you would know from part one, Juliana is not with us, but I'm sure that she will grace us with her views at some later date. Let's get back to talking with Maura. Here's yep. another thing. Have you ever met any manager or any person in this world who's never made a mistake? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> is, and it's really not a bad thing, is to, to admit to the fact that you could have done something better. And go and say, you know something, I had to really rethink this because I've noticed some things are not working at optimum level. Sorry for the inconvenience. We're going to move on. And I find that people become forgiving. And it also helps them know that if a manager, a leader can be that way, they will they also too. feel safe to grow and to make mistakes as well, or yeah. to admit to mistakes. And without mistakes, we're not learning, so we're not growing. Absolutely. You know, I can remember, this was several years ago when I got onto LinkedIn. You know how people, it's like <laughs> Facebook, everybody found each other. Mm-hmm. And I had people that I was managing 20 years ago come back to me. Uh, I had wonder, Fortunately, I had wonderful people and wonderful relationships But there was one person who wrote to me, and I never forgot this. And she said, Maura, I want to thank you for allowing me to make mistakes. Because of that, I was able to grow so much. And that's Mm -hmm. really, I did. I created an environment where we would obviously measure the risk. But if somebody had a new idea, we'd say, well, let's, let's hear the goods and the bad. Let's hear the pros and the cons, how much risk is involved. Let's give it a try. And people love it, the energy that comes out of that, Kim, yeah. and the, the appreciation for being valued, it almost like stirs the pot for more and more good ideas that come to the forefront, yeah. and it makes everybody brighter in the mix. So I will tell you now that we're very lucky that Fuliana is not here because this is a hobby horse of hers, and she'd go off now for another 20 minutes and talk about how, and just to be agreeing with you, but continually talking about how this is what everyone should be doing. So we'll let her make a comment <laughs> separately to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> but she'll be very happy with you for saying that. The next area that we want to talk about is one that Maura and I had a little bit of a discussion about before we started recording. And it, the question that we put to Maura was, is congruent, being congruent, the same as having integrity? And it actually triggered something that we need to talk about in that we use words, but we don't often clearly understand whether we're both talking about the same thing. And this is what we did before the recording. And so what we've discovered is that we're actually in exploring the words, we are talking about the same thing. Yes. In fact, I, when I was looking at that, I'm thinking, I remember congruent um, angles in that. <laughs> but it's right. It's one thing fits neatly over another. They blend together well. They're synergistic. They're harmonious. And uh, yes, I would say congruency and integrity is very much the same. And here's another thing. People, whether they admit it or not, can read other people. Mm. So the idea about integrity, how many times have you been, let's say you could be at a party, you could be in a social setting, you don't even have to be at work, and you get a big person enters into the room, they're saying one thing about themselves or just speaking one thing and everybody in the rest of the room is thinking they're lying. Yes. <laughs> right? And so that's where integrity it has to be through and through. And it's actually some of the challenging times 
when things are not always going at optimum levels, that employees and team members get to experience the integrity of the leader. So they're not always bad things. They're actually good. And sometimes, you know, difficult decisions need to be made, but they can be weighed out. They can be explained. And I would think that that's a, that that's definitely important to make sure it works its way in pretty much every facet of business. Yeah. So I think the most blatant example of that is when you see someone who says, yes, I'm listening to you, and they're standing there with their arms crossed over their chest. Right. And you think, exactly. No, you're not. <laughs> this is not getting through. <laughs> they do intuitively know. So it's not always what we say. Yes. It is. It is what we convey. Yeah, absolutely. um, Can I remember who? Maya Angelou Uh was credited with this, but I think several people have said the same thing. Mm. People Mm. don't always remember what you say, but they never forget the way you made them feel. Exactly. And so that whole idea of integrity and working well with other people, being transparent, being an advocate, and working so that every aspect of the individual leader is working toward the same end. Really, it sends a message of, I could say congruency, but it just (laughs) harmonizes everything and it takes away a lot of the static. And so many people cannot do as well as they'd like to. They don't perform as well when they feel the static and when they don't feel safe or when they feel that there's this cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. meaning they're saying one thing but doing another yeah. and, it, and it really puts them on edge. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. There's something there, exactly. but we're not going to talk about it. Yes. Exactly. Well, let's look at being in a team environment and advocacy. Is there a time when advocacy takes a back seat in a team? Yeah, I would have to say Yes. Because everyone, I used to always think of this, I loved making stars of everyone that were on the team. And everyone would have their own skills and abilities that they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there is a larger goal that we're all looking to accomplish. So, you know, depending on what's going on, I would say let's look at the bigger picture. If one small person that we want to advocate for or one small piece of a puzzle is what is competing and overpowering a big team environment or a larger goal, then yes, I would absolutely say it would need to take a back seat. And I almost think about it as being uh, something of a tapestry. You know, I've explained this in a number of my presentations. Everyone has different skills and everyone brings different things to the table. But today may be one person's day because we need something solved and that happens to be their ability. But tomorrow, that person might have to take a back seat because we're working on a different project and someone else needs to come to the forefront or we're looking at an angle from a different perspective and we need someone else to come in and really be the key advocate Mm -hmm. or the key star that day. But I think as people all realize that they're part and important parts of a greater team initiative, people start to actually respect and support one another when everyone knows their place and everyone knows their contribution. And a leader helps make all of that known. Yes. Now we have two questions without notice. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Thinking on your feet. (laughs) The, the, The first one is about being happy. So the question is, what is happy, in inverted commas, at work? All right, the first one is what is happy, and I missed the second part of what you're saying. And what is happy at work? Oh, good. 
Well, you probably, if you did your research, you know I am the now trademarked ambassador <laughs> of happiness. So what is happy? Sometimes people think happiness is people laughing all day long. But I focus instead on happiness as being a state of mind and a choice of being. Every day from getting out of our garage, getting you know in our car, and maybe waiting at lights when we're late can put us off. It could put us on edge. We can get upset about so many things that presumably don't go our way. But to be in a state of mind where you choose to be happy, you choose to see the better things rather than what's wrong, or you focus in on the better things. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to even go one level deeper than that, Kim, is that I've always advised people that no matter what it is, it could be something at work, it could be a, a trial, it could be the way that someone responded to you, it, it could be anything. Do you see yourself as a victim of your circumstance or do you see yourself as a potential beneficiary? And that goes right to the state of mind because if it is any kind of a problem and you can force, not force yourself, but cause a moment to say, you know what? If I can answer that question and choose to see myself as a beneficiary in this experience, then ultimately you open up all pathways of new possibilities. New thoughts can come to mind, new opportunities, mm -hmm. but if you see yourself as a victim, you immediately clam up, yep. you become the naysayer, you're speaking forth your failure even before it's happened. And so that's where I go into what is happiness. It really is a state of mind and choosing that somehow this is all going to work together for good. I'm going to learn something new. I'll get more innovative. We're going to come up with new solutions. And secondly, happy at work. Yep. This is quite interesting, and I'm so glad you're using this as the final question. Many years ago, when I was working at these corporations, I was, I was managing branch offices very far away from the home office. And so that meant that I was pretty much setting the tone for all things. And what I learned over the course of time, because I never wanted to be a very domineering type manager, I wanted to be more participatory and uplifting, I realized that unless people at work felt happy, felt valued, felt safe, as you were saying, mm. felt that they had a voice, felt that they could make a difference, that we would not do as well. So I would always learn over the course of time, I used to experiment a lot, in terms of how do I make a group of people feel empowered and feel uplifted and feel happy and feel included? And here's what's, what was so amazing is that for any person who's listening today, there is now Harvard studies out to support what I learned on my own as a manager years ago. When people are happy at work, they will perform up to 50% better. Yeah. And I experienced it in my own laboratories, working with it and kind of tweaking it. But now it's actually been shown to be the case. Happiness at work produces greater success. And I would say that was what I had. We had the top office in the country at one point. We had numerous awards. We had employees that loved the company, loved their work, loved to solve problems, were very, very loyal. They operated at a higher level, again, because we had the happiness factor. That's fabulous. That really makes it very clear for everyone that, that's listening. I do have a standard question that we ask all of our guests. So this is, this is your very last question. If we 
teleport ourselves 12 months into the future and you're looking back on this previous 12 months, what would you consider would be a high point? Oh, for me? Yes, for you. Personally? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you just a different thing. This is maybe a totally different random response, but about 10 months ago, I got into a car accident that not only affected my neck, my back, my shoulders, but it also affected my mind. So I'm going to tell you that the high point was getting myself back up, not seeing myself as a victim, even though some of my thoughts were interrupted. uh, Sometimes I had difficulty finding my words. I would say the high point is I had opportunity to exercise yet again my belief that I could be a beneficiary and not a victim. And I'm telling you, (laughs) I feel like I have more things I could roll into my presentations, um, And more more integrity for my word because I went through another challenging time mm. and I came through it. So how's that for my final that, answer? That, that's, that's a really good one and I think it will resonate with lots of people in terms of looking at whether they're the victim or not. So that's wonderful that you've shared that with us. Now, Maura, for those who would like to hear and listen to you and, and talk to you a little bit more, what can they do? Well, two things, uh, if they enjoy listening, I have a podcast. It's called, of all things, Maura Sweeney, my name, Living Happy Inside Out. They're 10 minutes long, and it actually does help individuals start to become more aware of their own soft skills, how they interact with others, how they see themselves internally, and how they how they respond to others. Mm-hmm. And it's also on the way to happiness. But beyond that, I would hope they connect with me at my website, which is my name, Maura, M as in Mary, A-U-R-A, the number four, and the letter U.com. Maura for you. And I, this really comes full circle. My husband gave me that as a name for my website years ago because he said, Maura, you are the ultimate advocate for other people. He said, you are for everyone. So I would hope they'd find wow. me there. They could find books videos, I have a course that I teach, public speaking, and they can just feel free to write to me because I love being able to share anything that can help other people develop themselves from the inside out and uh, hopefully make a positive influence and change in the world. Excellent, excellent. So we'll put all of those links with the podcast when it goes to air so that they've got an easy way to contact you. I do thank you so much for sharing all of that wisdom with us today. We've talked at length and it's been really enjoyable. So Morris, thank you for joining us today. For now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne in absence, but she's got to pay for it. This is Inside Exec.